Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, John Shannon, our NHL insider, joining us. Weathers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep texting us at 780-496-0063. The Ashley Fine Floors text line providing winning results for over 35 years. We're on Twitter at Weathers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan Escott. Very quickly, an email here. On Henrik Borgstrom. It comes to us from Val, from the high desert of northeast Colorado via my globalnews.ca account, uh, which is hooked up through Global and Chorus. Bob, Henrik Borgstrom was redonkulous scoring machine with Denver University. Once he got to Florida, he was doomed to be misused and underdeveloped. Now he's painted by some in a light similar to Poliarvi's entitlement attitude, which I hope is not accurately uh, being portrayed. Uh, well, I, I, he hasn't gone back to Finland, so I think it's a little bit different. Uh, should mention, I uh, guess, on the show, uh, received guest certificates to Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton area locations with Alberta steak and seafood cooked right at the table. Uh, reservations now available. Go to jvedmonton.ca. All right, off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show from the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, well, that's. Did you hear, uh, did you have a chance to hear the last segment with Brian Lawton talking about Oliver Ekman Larson? I didn't, but I under, you know I understand that. <laughs> okay. uh, David, it's it's happening again. We're getting you breaking up in and out, in and out. Are you at your house or are you driving right now? Um, uh, can you hear me now, Bob? Yes, we got you loud and clear. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, and and the theory on the, the theory on Ekman Larson is there are going to be players out there that maybe. Th- normally wouldn't be available but we're not in a normal situation arizona's had some financial challenges in the past they're going to have a new general manager in some would say they might need to do a little bit of a rebuild they don't have a number one for the next two years maybe they need to recoup some uh some assets in terms of potential prospects and picks um ekman larson played for dave tippett and jim playfair before uh, he is a number one defenseman, though he probably hasn't been shining the last two years as he was early in his career. So what's your take on Ekman Larson? I just don't see how that contract works for the Oilers, Bob. I mean, it's, uh, what is it, $8 million per going forward for, is it seven 8. more 2, years? Yeah, 8.25 8. for a lot of years, yeah. You know, if he was, if we were talking about uh, Alex Peter Angelo. At, at that amount of money, a true number one defenseman, but has Ekman Larson? You don't think you don't player? Th- you don't you has don't he in th- the last couple of years. Uh, well, and that's the question: is has he been a number one D man? No. And what's gone on there? So yeah, there we go. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't know. Is he that much of an upgrade over Oscar Kleffbaum? I think he's a better player than Oscar Kleffbaum, but not by a whole lot. 
And let's face it, Bob, the Oilers have a number of, they have Caleb Jones coming, Broberg, uh, Bouchard. They're going to have to, if these players develop Yamamoto, they're going to have to pay them. And you just can't keep adding salary to your team. I just think that's an overpay. We don't, okay, first of all, David, we don't, like, even if it theoretically were were to happen, we don't know what the actual deal would be, right? Like, we don't know who would be going back the other way and how the Oilers would readjust accordingly. I'm just, I'm just looking at it like, it's funny, in 2005, I went for lunch with somebody in early, geez, it would have been early July, and this individual said to me, we have a chance to get Chris Pronger. And I was like, what? And they're like, Bob, there's it's going to be a $39 million cap. We have a chance to get Pronger. And he's going to make every defenseman on this team better because he's going to be slotted in the right – everybody's going to be slotted in the right spot. Well, the individual who played a part in the orders getting Chris Pronger, now Pronger – you know, Pronger, I'm, I'm going to have to check the age here of the respective player, but... Uh, he was about 30. Yeah, he was older than ekman Larson was at that time. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fairness, Oliver ekman Larson has... I think there's 15 number one defensemen, David, in yeah. the league. I would put him in that 10 through 15 range the last couple of years. But Chris Pronger was a top five defenseman in the league, so he was. Anyways, it's just it's 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 sort of interesting in terms of what could potentially. Uh, you never you never know how things are going to play out here, and of course, there's history between the coach and the assistant coach in Ekman Larson, Arizona. They don't have any picks. They're looking to recoup some picks and some prospects. Stranger, crazier things have happened. Never say never. I guess there we go. Yeah, if you had to t- if you had to trade like a first pick for Ekman Larson, that I mean. To me, that even adds to the cost. And, like, I can see maybe taking on his – geez, if you're just to take on that contract, it's such a burden, Bob. You know you know what's interesting, David? Uh, I was in Vancouver last year when the Canucks traded for J.T. Miller. Okay? And Benning got pounded in the Vancouver market. Like, they, they kept their pick for 2019 – and traded their 2020 number one to the uh, Lightning for J.T. Miller. And they got pounded. Yeah. J.T. <laughs> Miller was terrific for Vancouver this year. Like, And you know what? Maybe, and as it turned out, I mean, where's that pick going to end up being for Tampa Bay? Right? And I, be- I believe that, I'm pretty sure that pick was lottery protected as well. All right. You know where we're going next. Your guy, Yesapoliarvi. Tell me why you think he should automatically be placed into a uh, top line role with Connor McDavid. I don't think he should automatically be put there, but I do think, like you know, the question is, has he did? And what I'm of it from reading Kurt Levin and other people is, you know, there might have been some attitude issues with Poliarvi when he was here in Edmonton. But I would also say this, and I understand his scoring in his last year in Edmonton was atrocious. Like he, it was less than one point per 60, which is like, you know, that's just terrible. So he, he performed when he was here. But interestingly, when he, when he was with, with Connor McDavid, Bob, he had a goals for percentage of 61%, which is the best goals for percentage with Connor McDavid and McDavid's time here with any other player over a significant amount of time. That was 400 minutes. So if Pugliarvi was to come back here, and would I say, would that be uh, maybe good asset management, a good idea to try him out there? So I'm not saying it's incumbent on Kippa to yeah. do it or he must automatically do it. But would that be 
a good idea to try that. Yeah. I let it. The, the, you know, four percentage. I think it's like 24 goals for, 15 goals against in their 400 minutes together. That's pretty good. And that's, that's, that kind of, that's, that's the kind of analytics where you're, you know, your ears perk up and you think, yeah, let's try that. Let's see if that works because um, it, it just might. And, and you need Connor McDavid at like 60% goals for percentage when he's on the ice. He's a $12 million a year player. He's got to be going along at that clip. And it's and they've got to find wingers that can do that. Well, Pulleyarvi is the only one who's been able to pull it off with him. So yeah, I would give that a go. Uh, here and and my perspective is because he left. If he comes back, I'm not saying he can't be there after ten games. I'm just saying I wouldn't slug him there from day one at training camp and say Pulleyarvi, you're going to be Connor's right wing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we so we we agree then. I, I wouldn't. You got this job. You come back, Jay, Pulleyarvi, and you have this this job. It's lined up for you. He's got to, He does have to come back and show he's more mature and and ready to give it. And I think there's chemistry there that these two players might work together. Yeah, uh, David, can we get you to? I don't know what's going on. This is the second time in the last two months that we've had this challenge. You keep kicking in and out. I'm going to put you on hold here, uh, and we'll get Brent. Brendan, Brendan, can you get David, uh, see if we can get him in a different spot or maybe on a different line? Uh, Jensen has texted the show to say, all right, Oilers fans, record and write down Bob. Huge support for Ekman Larson in two years when he says it was a mistake to get him. And we have him on the record for being such a huge fan of that from Jensen. What I'm saying is, is that an option that you potentially explore? I think not. it's a long shot to get him. Who says, uh, Marcus Texas showed us, say, Oliver ekman Larson is much better than Clefbaum. I knew David doesn't know blank about hockey from Mark. All right, we're going to try David again. David, we got you? Hello? Still dialing him, Bob. Okay. I got a little bit of feedback coming in, Brendan. It sounds like there's an open line uh, right now. Hey, Bob, can we bring back Maurice the Rocket Richard from the dead for all those listeners that said we need Ovechkin, the whiny guy from the Penguins and the Sedin brothers? By the way, I don't I don't see Crosby as being a really whiny guy. Uh, and, hey, you got to like, uh, you know, the Sedin brothers were pretty good players back in the day. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Jordan says, no chance I want Oliver ekman Larson. He's overrated and as expensive as heck. The guy is a minus every single season. Former defenseman Mark says, Bob, uh, here's the thing. Players are going to sign somewhere. It's safe to assume other teams also have players who will will be up against the cap with as well. Unless they're going to go to Russia, they'll be taking one-year deals at a significant haircut. The one-year deal works for both parties. It allows for team flexibility, but it also allows the player to sign for more as the cap eventually goes up. It's time to look at upgrades or letting them go to free agency only to sign them for a discount after that. This could be a blessing in disguise. It could help give the owners the opportunity to acquire quality of depth on the cheap. Um, well, and he's, I mean, you, t- you take a look at Athens, you and Benny. Uh, I think we, and we're going to bring David Staples back in. He's got his point out about Paul Yarby. David, on, uh, on Athens, you and Benny, they're both restricted free agents. Basically, $3 million to be qualified for Athens, you, $2 million for Benning. Would you qualify either guy? 
you know, I, I have been against qualifying uh, FNSEO Bob for a long time. That had been my gut reaction based on his play here in Edmonton. He only scored 11 goals this year, 55 games. Uh, but if you look at his, his record over the last two years, you know, there's been talk about um, maybe the Oilers bringing in Jake DeBrusque, uh, Tyler Johnson, Tyler Toffoli. I mean, just more like a, that would be a nice thought to bring in Toffoli. I don't know if that would ever happen. But these players all scored about 1.8, 1.9 points per 60 of even strength. That's exa- over the last two years. That's exactly the same scoring rate as Andreas Athanasio over the last two years. And that made me reconsider maybe it's not. Like, so if Holland were to do it, uh, I, I just think it might not be such a terrible move as I thought it, it might actually make sense to qualify a fantasy U. He, uh, in a third-line role, and he was mainly playing with the weaker players in Detroit, not with the top-line guys. That guy was able to put up good scoring numbers. And, you know, if we could get Jake DeBrus for $3 million a year or Tyler Johnson for $3 million for a year, we'd be overjoyed. So why not a fantasy U? It's not, it's not necessarily a, a bad move. Okay. What about Benning? Uh, it, you know, a, a lot a lot depends on whether they can move Chris Russell. So if they can't move Chris Russell, uh, then you, then maybe you look at moving Benning. I think because you got to make room for Caleb Jones. So uh, that's that's the the deciding factor whether or not. And Holland will have a bit much better sense in the next few weeks whether he can move uh, Russell and hopefully before he has to qualify Benning. But Benning would be overpriced at two million as a third pairing d-man and, and um the only way you could afford that is if you don't also, if you have russell to decide you cannot afford that see i'm torn on like i've got people around the league that i talk to that think you know what i could see this team that's that wants to build their cap number up a bit having interest don't forget uh russell can kind of pick and choose a little bit where he goes here yeah uh, but he's only a million and a half in real dollars right so in fact, is he even at a million and a half? He might even be uh, less than that. I'm just, I'd, I'd have to. Yeah, take... he's at a million and a half, yep. Yeah, a million and a half. So uh, that's an intriguing one. David, I, this text comes in uh, from the uh, Horse Whisperer who texts, nice handle, texts the show. Bob, November of 2016, McDavid scored a hat trick uh, against Dallas. The owners snapped the five game losing streak. Poliarmi was on McDavid's line that game. It greatly skewed his numbers with Connor. In reality, he wasn't productive with anybody, referring to Poliarmi. Uh, and then I'll add this, uh, in t- November of 2017, he was with uh, he was with Connor again in a game in Columbus. The Oilers won 7-2, and that was a big game for Paul. Like, he had a couple games where the Oilers, you know, he had some big games, David. And, and I think that's part of the, the question is, was there any consistency in his game? And I will say this just back on, on Paul Yarby. I'd love, there's nothing I'd like more to see him is to pan out and be successful at Edmonton. Let's establish that right now. I think he has to come in and earn it to establish it, but I'm not sure I'm convinced that, like Mark Giordano went to Russia, came back, and was way better for the Flames. Uh, the guy in uh, Dallas took Nachushkin, came back after two years in Russia, didn't score a goal the next season in the NHL. Now, he was decent this year for Colorado as a third liner. At this stage, I can't comfortably say he's a top six NHL winger, David. Oh, neither could I, Bob. And he'd have to he'd have to show he is that player. But uh, he's a, he's a great big guy, huge skill set, and I think he actually did the right. You know, in terms of the Oilers, if he had come back last year, he the Oilers would have lost him. They couldn't send him to the AHL. They were out of options with that player. They would have had to trade him. 
Uh, maybe it would, if he wanted to get traded, maybe he should have done that. In a way, he did the Oilers a favor by going over there. He was able to get in a year of crucial development, recovery from uh, double hip surgery. He's going to come back a better player if he does come back. The, the whole key is, does he really, really want to come back and be an Edmonton Oiler? And if the answer is yes, that, that's great. I think he can. I think he could be uh, at least the third line winger in the NHL next year. But if he doesn't, then obviously trade him. Yeah. Uh, one more for you. Just your thought on, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned today, Tyler Benson skating at the U of A, uh, likely waiting an assignment to go to Europe. Bouchard's going to go to Europe. McLeod's going to go to Europe. And these are critical moves, and there's lots of organizations in the league doing this. But you got to keep your players playing, don't you? Your prospects. I, I don't know who's setting up all of these transactions where the players go to Europe. Maybe it's the agents. Maybe Ken Holland has a hand. No, in. no, 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 very no, no, well. no. There's, there's, there's a guy in the Oilers organization working on that. Is that right? Well, good for the Oilers for doing this yeah. because it's absolutely like they have placed three, uh, not just their European guys, Bob, but they've placed Ryan McLeod, uh, Raphael Lavoie, and now Bouchard, and I would it would be fantastic if Benson and maybe Cooper Marody, if he's open to that, or Stuart Skinner. They've they've placed almost all of their top prospects in Europe in an absolutely critical time. These these young players have to keep playing, and it's hard not to imagine that these uh, young. Um, Canadian players aren't going to really benefit from going to another country, playing in another school of hockey, and facing some adversity and some learning over there. So I, I just think it's a it's a real win for the Oilers organization. They've been able to do this. David, as always, we appreciate your time, and this line works a lot better. Whatever we got, yeah, you on, we we'll got to keep it again. We got to keep doing that moving forward. All right, thanks, thanks my man. Take care. One twenty three in Edmonton. Hey, it's Rod Phillips' birthday today. Uh, I had the privilege of doing uh, color the last two years of Rod's career. He's uh, 41. He turned 79 today. Uh, awesome guy. Treated me like absolute gold in those final uh, two seasons. We had a lot of chuckles together. Uh, he liked red wine. I liked white and red wine and Bailey's and sometimes scotch and sometimes rye. Uh, so uh, <laughs> he likes scotch too, actually. Uh, I just... Uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> I'll tell a Rod Phillips story when we come back here. Uh, it is 123 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Jujar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, it's 125 at Edmonton. I'm going to tell a tale a little out of the school here. In the last year that Rod did color with the Oilers, our last road trip that year, we were going into L.A. and Anaheim. So we're on the plane, and Rod and me would sit next together, uh, on the next to each other on the plane, and he'd write down the players by their numbers, and that's how he'd study before the game. Here uh, are the Oilers players that played in the game against L.A. Dean Arsene, uh, Arsene, Taylor Chorney, Andrew Cogliano, Mike Comrie, Tom Gilbert, Sean Horkoff, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Jones, Charles Linglet, 
Ethan uh, Moreau, uh, Ethan Morrow, Patrick O'Sullivan, Dustin Panner, Fernando Pisani, Ryan Poltoni, Mark Pugliot, Zach Storatini, uh, Jason Strudwick, Ryan Whitney, and Devin Dubnik. So the Oilers' final two games of that 2009-10 season, Rod's last year, was against L.A. and then Anaheim. And the Oilers won 4-3 in a shootout against L.A. They lost 7-2. So anyways, we're flying down. Rod's writing the numbers down and goes, this guy can't play. This guy can't play. This guy can't play. Yeah, you can play. This. He had six guys that could play. <laughs> I'm like, Rod, that's six guys. He goes, yep. <laughs> and I just started out. So, uh, and of those 18 skaters that the Oilers had in the lineup, I think only about seven were back the next year. So he was uh, uh, pretty close in terms of uh, his assessment of that group. He, you know what? The man loved the Edmonton Oilers. There's there's no other way to say it. He bled it on the air. Happy birthday again to Rod Phillips, who turned 79 today. Uh I, I learned how to uh, multi-fist on the plane in terms of uh, drinking, so that was uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we, had, we, had, we had a lot of fun times together, even though, you know what, the 0809 season, the team was in it till the final four games. The 2009-10 season was a, I'd actually, that was a pretty tough year. There were a couple, Jack and me have had a couple tough years. This was a frustrating year this year, given what the Oilers were able to accomplish until the pause occurred in March. I mean, Edmonton was, let's not forget, Edmonton was ahead of Vancouver. They were ahead of Calgary. They were ahead of Arizona. And all those teams got out of their qualifiers. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than what to ask win, but outstanding customer service is key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt Rich Johnny in the game at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling one uh, 3673 or go online at brentridge.com. There was one more little tidbit to add after Rod had gone through the list of Oilers players. He looked at me and goes, and make no mistake, Stoffer, you could not play. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Bell. Back with John Shannon when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.